This is President Jason Wright, and you're listening to Ramblin' About Washington. Further ado, let's pod. Today, I'd like to welcome on to the show, the mouth of the South, former Redskins Washington football team, cornerback and celebrity advocate of the Red Wolves movement. I got my guy, Fred Smoot, in the building. Welcome to the show, man. What's up, brother, man? Good to see you again. Enjoy the week, man. Have fun. Have fun. Hell yeah, man. Richmond was a good time, man. How you doing right now? How's this retired media man life treating you at the moment? Man, it's good, man. Just did some charity work at FedEx Field, man. Back to school, giving all the kids the book bags and stuff like that. And now I'm in traffic on 495, that beltway. Mm. And that's how slow traffic is that I can do a live interview on 495. traffic jam on me. That sounds like the DMV, man. I know LA people say they traffic's bad, but traffic and construction just, it's a never ending thing in the DMV. But that's what's up though, man. Smooth love the kids and I'm glad to hear the teams out here doing charity work. What'd you think of the game last night? Man, I thought the game was great last night. I think, you know, when you look at a preseason game, people look at it as a preseason game. We can't get much out of it. Yeah, you can't get a lot out of it. Uh, We went, you can really judge a player when we say, all right, we're not going to win our best plays, you just beat the man in front of you, and we want to see y'all go at it. And that's what it is. And, you know, I look at every matchup last night, and all our guys from the first screen to the third screen went toe-to-toe with them guys, didn't back down. And you got to realize we're doing this with a youth movement. We're not doing this with uh, oh, yeah. 40, 30-year-old players. We're doing this with a youth movement. So I feel good. Like I tell our Washington fans right now, if you're not excited about the future, as a Washington fan, you either got to be blind, deaf, or dumb. And I'm glad you said that because everything's everything's pointing north right now. The trajectory, every arrow is pointing up right now with this team. Like, for, for example, I don't need to see Chase Young play another snap in preseason. I don't need to see one more. <laughs> Come on, the second player of the game. He, he almost told Cam Newton in half. So at oh the end of the day, God. you know what you got with players, but the only reason as a starter that we need those reps in the preseason, we need to get in game shape. And, and, and practice can't do that. Practice no, can't get us in game shape. And one thing about it is they don't tackle anymore at practice. So now you can see when the preseason games start, even the, the tackling is shaky until the guys get used to swapping some paint. That's mm-hmm. the difference. Yeah. And I mean, it's preseason. Like it's the first preseason game of the year. I'm glad we have it back because after not having it for COVID last year, I definitely did miss these pointless ass exhibition games. But I was just glad to see the quarterbacks look sharp. Everyone looked as advertised. My only concern, if you want to call it that, is one that's been there for a while. That's the kicker. They need to bring in some competition for my boy Hopkins because I don't know what's going on there. But other than that, I mean, it's all positives for me. It's a preseason game. There's really some fans out there ready to call for some necks after one preseason game. Yeah, they, see, they got to think about it. See, that's, that's, that, I call that paralysis by over-analysis. Like, the thing <laughs> about it is people see preseason and they either overreacting or underreacting. Yep. Nobody just says it's preseason, okay? We're going to see what they got when the – when, when the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator actually giving the guys an edge by dialing up some good plays. 
So I tell people all the time, take it like a grain of salt, understand what the situation is, but you write about old uh, Sugarfoot Hopkins. I don't know. <laughs> right now, it seems to me, ever since that trip to London. Oh, man. It's like he left his kicking game in London. I don't know if he drunk some Earl Grey. I don't know what he did <laughs> over there, but something happened over there that, uh, I don't know, maybe they, like, they did Gucci Mane. Maybe they sent us a Dustin Hopkins call <laughs> that can't get the ball. Hey, man, that, that 2016 game in London, I promise you if he makes that kick in overtime, we're winning 11 games that year, and we could be talking about a completely different team right now. But, man, he definitely needs some competition brought in. So when you're watching these games, preseason or regular season, now that you're retired, do you still view the game from the lens of a player, or do you, or can you sit back and look at it as a fan and have casual-ass thoughts like we do? Now, I'm always looking at it as a player because that's what I was born in. That's what I was grown in. I can only be an antagonist when I look at it. I'm always look at it and see stuff that y'all don't because I can look at it like most people look at a, a play and be like, oh, he got burnt. You don't even know. Well, we didn't cover three, cover one, cover two. Exactly. Most people don't know that. They don't even know the person that actually got burnt. So mm -hmm. I look at the game scientifically. I'm always going to look at it like that. And that's why when I look at it, I, I can... I can always be honest with myself. Like, I'm never one of them guys. I'm just going to be such a fanboy that I'm like, yeah, we're going to go 16, 17 and 0. No, I'm going to look at the team and say, this is realistically what we are. And when I look at this team, I see 11 and 16, uh, maybe a 12 and 5 team. I see a very good team. Yeah, I, I, I'm going 11 and six as well. I started nine and eight when the schedule came out, but then I put it in perspective. It was like, you know what? A schedule is a schedule and we're built for this now. Like we are not the Washington teams of the past right now. We're built to win some game. All Fitzpatrick got to do is be adequate. Like last night I saw adequate quarterbacking and a quarterback that's willing to throw it past the line of scrimmage. And just that alone looks beautiful. <laughs> no, no, you're right about that. And not even just adequate, you just... We got to get out of the mode of we so used to losing. All right, we got to mm -hmm. get out of that mode. All right, we got a new, we got literally new everything. It's not nothing old over there at the park right now. Hell, we ain't even got the old name. Take a new approach to everything you think about this team. Take a new approach to how you think about this squad as a whole. And, and take a new approach to the future, because I'm sorry. With most of the team under the age 25, this ain't no year-to-year -year thing. This is a decade-long adventure. We're about to go on, sit back, put your seatbelt on, and enjoy the damn ride. Hell yeah. And speaking of new, we're going we gonna to get to them names in a second. I just got a couple more for you before we get to it. Um, you got drafted into a cornerback room with Deion Sanders, Daryl Green, Chant Bailey. Although the draft had to be like such an amazing feeling, I know that had to be overwhelming as hell to come into that room. And I know you're a confident dude, but yeah. I, how did that feel coming into that cornerback room? Hey, it was humbling as hell. It was like, <laughs> it was like if a uh, new addition called me and be like, "Hey, Johnny Gill, we need you to take Bobby Brown play." That's how that, that's how <laughs> it felt to me. It was uh, it was humbling because I walked in the first meeting and I was like, "Well, what well, damn, coach? Why did y'all even waste this draft pick on me? I got three Hall of Famers in here. Not only do I got three Hall of Famers, I had already then played against Champ because of the SEC." But then I got my idol, Deion Sanders, who I, I designed my whole life career out of. And luckily, I was already talking to Deion in college, so I had a rapport with him. And it was just, it felt like home, but I was kind of confused about my playing time. But once <laughs> Brian was like, you know what? I can't play for Marty. And most people don't understand, my first week of practice, 
I wore number 23. I never played a down in number 23 because that week after that week, primetime gave me number 21. And that's when I that's how I started to wear 21. And then Marty was like, nah, we're gonna start the young guys, you and Champ. And you know, that's when everything came into focus for me. Okay. Um, give me a De- give me a Deion Sanders story. I, I gotta hear something because prime, that's a that's a wild dude, man. I, let me hear something. <laughs> well, put it like this. I had already knew Prime, so he he wasn't new to me. Okay. Uh, but I didn't know until I walked in the meeting room and we sat in the meeting room and all the rest of us got regular chairs, but prime time got a recliner. Huh? <laughs> he got a recliner in a meeting room in a professional football. Like you don't see that. <laughs> you don't see that. So prime was just prime was just prime. You know, trying to compare him to somebody else in this game. Can't nobody add up to it. Yeah, man. Prime's definitely one of my favorite players of all time. And just cornerback, that's a position you have to have so much confidence in because, to me, if you take quarterback out of the game of football, that's easily the hardest position to play. You got your back facing someone who runs a track star speed, and you have to guess where they're going. And sometimes you don't even have to run with them. Like, what made you choose being a cornerback growing up? Well, first of all, let me tell you this. Don't you ever take a cornerback to church with you. Because the one (laughs) thing about us, we major at lying, cheating, and stealing. That's what we do. All right? That's what we do at a high level. See, we have to literally, if I literally in the first quarter get beat by Andre Rising for a 99-yard pass, I got still four quarters of football to play, and I got to lie to myself like I'm the best thing since sliced cheese. All right? <laughs> now, when it comes to cheating, we don't cheat in particular, but we do have these little things we do to keep us inside of plays and by any means necessary, we will make them happen. And stealing is what get us paid. Like these balls don't belong to us. We steal every last one of them. And that's why every ball that I've ever picked off, I still got. And I put it in this box that I call the coffin. <laughs> all right? And in the coffin is all of the balls that I've stolen from people. And even, that's so funny, I even got a ball in there that I stole from one Ryan Fitzmagic. <laughs> yeah, I picked Ryan Fitzmagic uh, off, and I haven't played in like a decade. Ah, uh, you got you got to get him to sign that for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious, Mac. But you got to exude with confidence at that position. And we got a kid in here that we just drafted in the third round. He definitely carries himself like someone who's not a third round pick and someone who wants to come in here and get on the outside. What have you been your early impressions of Benjamin St. Juice from last night camp and your interactions with him so far? Well, really, last night at, at uh, my post-game show, I officially handed St. Juice the uh, the fandom that I got at FedEx Field and every every field I ever played at. You know, anytime I make a play, they would go smooth and they'll just hold it for a long time. Juice. So now I have officially handed to Juice. So now we will say Juice all over the field. I think he just, he has it. Like, that's the one good thing about being an athlete. We have the eyesight to look at another athlete and say, you know what? He got that it factor, the it factor. First of all, he's not afraid. He will get on the line and press anybody. He's not afraid. He's 6'3", 200 pounds and moves like he's 5'9", 180. So you got to love that. Not only did we get a steal, like I said, go to, go to the MGM, any Ben Plaza, and bet Benjamin St. Juice is the defensive rookie of the year. And I think it's probably like, ooh. Probably 900 to one, oh, you win man. a lot of money. But this kid oh, has a chance. And I always think about this. Not It ain't just about his play. Think about the D-line that he's going to play behind. 
-hmm. All right. They going to set him up for success. So what you saying is like a lot of us fans hope BSJ going to end up on that outside starting and they going to end up kicking Kendall Fuller on the inside. Yes. Kendall Fuller would probably move inside, but they still starters. You got, you got three corners that going to start. All right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Kendall has that ability to play inside. He's a very good tackler. And then you got to always say, this is what I, I, I've been trying to see because I was watching the game last night to see my boy Moreland, mm -hmm. the people's corner. He, he, he ain't got the fire that he had the year, last year and the year before. I don't know if it's because he feel like Benjamin St. Juice coming for the job or what, but I, I want to see him wake up and, 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 and become himself again because he's still making plays. The energy and the excitement just ain't there right now. Yeah, because, you know, coming in from JMU, you know, he had to earn that spot and he had to make his presence felt immediately. You know, maybe the hunger died down a little bit. I got him coming on the show sometime soon, so I definitely ask him about it because I know you cornerbacks like to talk to each other and stuff. And when it comes to these preseason games, as in like an established vet, did y'all actually give a damn about these games? Hell yeah. Hell yeah, because it's, it's the beginning of a new season. And you got to realize these seasons not promised. All right. So the one thing about a preseason game is the start of a new year. And I don't give a damn where a football game break out preseason, <laughs> regular season. If you let me on that field, I'm excited. I'm going to have me some damn fun and I'm going to enjoy myself. And maybe I just one of them people. I draw my energy from the crowd. So if I was a superhero, if nobody watching me fighting, I'd probably get my ass kicked. But at the end <laughs> of the day, I, I, I enjoy it in the energy of the fans. Always wakes, always woke me up, and always had me, you know, sharp and on edge and ready to play. Yeah, man, you're a gladiator, man, man of the people. But let's get to the shits, though, man. Let's take these folks to church, even though you said let's not take cornerbacks to church with you, brother yeah. Smoot. This football team needs a new name, a new identity. Speak to the congregation yeah. about why the wolves, red wolves, some variation of this damn animal is the right and only choice for the rebrand. Give it to me. Hey, well, first of all, let's talk about the uh, NFL as a whole. For us to be a, a, a league full of gladiators and so damn tough, it's so funny we have no canines representation in the NFL, but we got like seven birds from <laughs> right. Cardinals to Falcons to all of this BS, <laughs> but we have no no dogs, no power, no, no, no thrust. And you got to realize, the one thing I love about the Wolves, they run in packs. They hunt in groups. Yeah. They have to work as a team. I, it's something about that that says football to me. Now, let's go into the things that really matter with this name. All right, the Cowboys are our rivalry. The definition of a cowboy and a cowboy's job is to protect the herd, sheep, cows, or whatever, from wolves. Mm -hmm. right, they protect them from one Pacific animal, from wolves. So it connects that. All right, you want to keep the HTTR? Hell to the damn Red Wolves then. Right, it allows you to keep that. The burgundy and gold stays in. And you got to realize, FedEx Field, Fandom, what are we going to do? All right, we're the football team now. Now we just sit and watch games. We have no, nothing that we do. No variations, no nothing. We just sit and watch the damn game. All right. Chase Young get that sack that he did last night Ooh. in FedEx Field, and we the Wolves, 100,000 howling like wolves. Don't you understand that wolves have acute a dogs, period, have acute hearing. If we start howling at that stadium, every dog within a 20-mile radius will start to howl 
with us. It's a chain reaction. They know that sound. They know it. I just think it epitomizes what we have a chance to do. And we have a chance to rebrand ourselves. And I, I, in this area, we've we tried this before. We went from the bullets <laughs> to the damn wizards, all right? And I've been in D.C. for 20 years now, and I've never bumped into Gandalf. I've never bumped into Harry Potter walking down 8th Street. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, this time, we need to really look at it. And we got a lot of people that, ah, uh, we're going to be the Reds forever. No, we're not. The name is gone. People don't like it. Live with it, all right? Exactly. Live the hell with it. All right, move the hell on. And this is what the fan base got to understand. No matter what name we pick, everybody's not going to like it. Exactly. No no one's going to be on the same page with anything. No, nobody's going to, everybody's not going to like it. So now all I want is the majority to like it. If the majority like it, it'll grow on the rest of you. As time goes on, as winning happens, it will grow on you. All I'm saying is, if you don't think the Red Wolves, Outer Wolves is the best name, Give me a better one. Exactly. And that's exactly what I'm saying. And like, I'm trying to tell the sec, I'm trying to tell the fan base, like, look, there's different segments. There's a generational divide, but we understand that we, us young fans, we deserve something too. Like y'all have seen all the glory and that name is gone now. We need something too, but like we can all unite as one pack. What better name is there for strength and solidarity than Wolves, a damn wolf pack. I'm just trying to picture us in the NFC championship one day. It's third and 12 and um, the Packers or somebody have the ball and the whole stadium's howling in our new state-of-the-art dome. What better name is there? Like, I, I can't, like, we can't force some dumbass DC name like the Potomac or the Jeffersons or the Presidents. Yeah. No, no, no. We, we just, we can't. And then a lot of people like, you know, they want the nostalgia of a hog. Well, you know what? I played for this team and represent this team. I never found it, you know, flattering that I got men wearing dresses and hog noses in the damn stand. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just being honest. You know, at, at the end of the day, Tradition is what it is, but traditions are meant to be rewrote. Right? We got to rewrite this thing as a group. We start a new tradition, and yeah. we have to do that together, and that's the key. Hell yeah, and they're going to kill us for this hog shit, but at the end of the day, like, the hog, like, don't tell me howling you look stupid and we look like idiots, but... Men were wearing dresses and pig no. Although I know what the hog gets. I know what they, I know how charitable they are. I know how I, I everything know, I, I, they I, I, did for the kids hospital. But I'm telling yeah. you the optics of it, that shit is corny as hell. And that shit yeah. is whack. But we were yeah. winning. And when you're winning, there's a lot of shit that people will overlook. So. And guess what? We was only, the hogs only represented the offensive line. Hey. They didn't represent the whole team. They represented the offensive line, Joe Jacoby, those guys. That's mm -hmm. who they represented. All right, the Hogs was a fashion of this team. And see, that's what I got to say, Rio. Think about this. Let's say we go, we go in the future with Washington football team. We still going to have parts of the stadium, still going to represent the Wolves because you ain't gave us no name. We're going to mm -hmm. have a uh, one for the stadium dressed like Hogs. We ain't got no name. All right, so if you leave us nameless, you're going to leave it for open interpretation for everybody to put their own imprint on it. So now we're going to have a stadium full of mismatched mayhem and nobody <laughs> knowing what the true identity is. And 
honestly, even though it could be a little much at times, you can't even deny the impact that Red Wolves and Wolves has made. It has hit every outlet. It has dominated social media. And for the whole, oh, there's more fans than on social media. Yeah, but there's a lot of fans on social media. News outlets, every other sports network, everyone has heard about the Wolves and the Red Wolves. So you cannot deny that it is the overarching fan favorite. Give it to the fans. We want the Wolves. But there's a couple other names I've been seeing floated around on the timeline recently. Commanders, Sentinels, Legends. Do any of those names do anything for you? Uh, no. Didn't move me an inch. Didn't make my emotion <laughs> move. Do nothing. Think about, like I always say, when you get a new name, what are the marketing opportunities? Think about this. We You, you talked about the new stadium, right? Mm -hmm. What if we have the first pet-friendly, dog-friendly stadium, and you can bring your dog to the game. Mm -hmm. And if we start howling, what your dog gonna do? Oh. Uh, he gonna do it like he bought a ticket. <laughs> he gonna do it like he bought a ticket. All right? I'm sorry. It, it, it's some stuff you cannot run from, and you can't make this stuff up. You don't think a picture of me, my sons, my daughters, the dog, in the middle of a play, howling all together, that's a Ooh. picture for life. You can't wipe that out of your face. Uh, you want that every Sunday. You don't care. We get beat that in the zero. We're going to howl. We're going to get drunk and howl. All right? That's what we're going to do. Like I said, if they can give me a better mascot with better traditions or better things to do with the mascot, I'll take it. But nobody seems to give me anything. Everybody that pops up a name to me is some terrible-ass name. I they just give up and quit and say, just give me the old name back. I'm sorry. We can't have it. Yeah, we can. We can. And we're moving forward. Like, shout out to one of my followers. They gave me this shirt, by the way. It says, Howl for all DC. Hunger, opportunity, wisdom, and loyalty. You can't beat stuff like that. I did see someone float around some Red Wolves fight song on the timeline. That shit was terrible, though. We're going to act like that shit didn't exist. Did no, you no, see no, that? No, no, no. That shit was terrible. I see. <laughs> but, 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 but you know what? I like the effort. I appreciate the effort as well. And I appreciate you taking the time to kick it with me, my man, Smooth. Um, anything you want to plug or anything you want to tell the people before you get out of here, man? Hey, man, this is all I want to say to Washington Nation, man. Sit back, put your seatbelt on, and let's enjoy this ride. Let's support these youngsters. Let's be there, rain, sleet, or snow. You know when you're dealing with family, every day ain't going to be a good damn day. Family go through the ups and the downs together. Let's do it. Let's make it happen, man. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Y'all heard it from Smoot Stradamus himself. And if Wolves is the name, if they if that's the name that they end up choosing, you got to come on the show and we got to take a victory lap for it. But that's going to wrap up today's show. Make sure you follow me at Rio underscore Robinson 91 and at Raw Podcast W Rio and subscribe to the YouTube channel Rambling with Rio Robinson. Until next time, hail to the nameless football team. Deuces. <laughs> hail to the Washington. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.